Hey friends. What up? <laughs> My name is Cal. My name is Anna. And you're soon to Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Vibe. You so got that vibe. <laughs> yes. I love this episode title, Cal, that you chose. Cognac and Conversations. Yes. Because so, it is what? Cognac month! I'm <laughs> putting a, a little applause in there. Because if you are new to listening to this podcast, like every episode is named by the song that is the theme of the episode. Um, but this week, the theme of the episode is literally Cognac and Conversations <laughs> to kick off the month. So um, we've got so much fun cognac theme things going on excuse me this month and um we just want to keep the vibes like kick off the vibes the right way by you know just highlighting the history of cognac um for those that don't know uh we touched on it a little bit last year especially like on in our social media posts but um this year we definitely want to revisit it and dig a little deeper into the history of um, cognac. And Kel did, did a lot of digging <laughs> and um, how it relates to the black community, because a lot of people don't know the deep, rich history um, that mingles, intermingles um, the black culture and, uh, of course, the cognac culture. So, uh, yeah, that's what this week's episode is going to be about. Um, but if also, uh, you should be seeing a post soon about this, if we haven't already posted it by the time y'all listen to this. But we are doing a little contest this month. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be giving away our disco balls. Now, if people, if you are OG CCC fan. You have been to our live events, our live panel discussion events where we usually had, you know, radio DJs and um, other uh, experts, um, subject matter experts in the area on a different cause or two. We've done HIV, AIDS, uh, domestic violence, homeless youth. Um, We usually brought some folks in and we talked about a subject and just had conversations and cognac and cupcakes or whatever. And um, one thing that people loved was our disco ball cups. Me and Kel will walk around with our little disco ball cups filled with our drinks. And people always was like, oh, when y'all gonna sell those? So we gonna test y'all. All All right. If y'all really listening to the podcast, we're going to give a lot of y'all a chance to win um, your own disco cup. And so each week we are going to um, give you a safe word. Um, not a safe word. Uh, secret word. Yep, secret Yep. Uh huh. Yes, we'll give you a secret word. But before we get to that secret word, uh, we're gonna get into the motivational moment of the week. Yes, y'all. So we're gonna hit things off with the motivational moment of the week, and then we're gonna get into secret. So make sure y'all stay tuned and listen to the whole podcast. Okay. Okay. So this week's podcast, uh, my post motivational moment of the week, I wanted to do things a little different. I wanted just to have some cognac humor. So our quote is, I meditate, I do yoga, and I have a lot of friends who are healers. And if none of that works, I go and buy a chocolate bar and a little bottle of cognac. And that is by Susan Strasberg. 
So, sis, I'm here with you. I heard the comments like giggling and crickling, and they were talking about only one bottle. <laughs> and I, I will, yeah, bro, because I think that's deep. DJ T blends is yes, up. yes, yes. That was him. Yeah, one person we know um reposted it in their stories, and it was like they substituted the cognac for the tequila. You know, whatever works for you. You know, we over here. Yes, we cognac aficionados, cognac connoisseurs. So um that is our drink of choice. Speaking of drink of choice, um, what are you sipping on tonight? Yes, ma'am. So I have a little bit of a mixture of it. You know, concoction. So I did the Stella Rosa blueberry with a little mm-hmm. bit of rose. And I'm telling you, it is perfect. It's like the only thing I'm missing is some like fresh frozen fruits so that oh. I can have that chilled type of sangria vibe. Yes, oh. that's yes, that sounds like that's hitting. I'm gonna have to try that. Like, so what what would you say? Um, you know, because for those that don't know already, Kel is a trained bartender, trained and licensed bartender. So when would you pair that? Like what season would you drink that in typically? Is that so, a fall like drink? That or is more for fall vibes. That gives you mm-hmm. fall vibes. But however, if you having a nice steak like you had for dinner tonight, mm-hmm. 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 mashed potatoes, that will pair very well. Yes. Mm, I'm going to have to try that. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. And no cognac on this episode. Oh, what'd you say, Kel? Just sitting by the fire pit with your s'mores cupcake. Oh. Yes. Take it up a notch. Girl. Girl. <laughs> you just hit my spirit with that one. Okay. I'm going to have to. Mm, yes, I'm gonna have to go over the sprinkles. Yep. It's s'mores cupcake and try that out this weekend. Indeed. 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 Okay. But let's finally get into, uh, before we get into our R&R, which is our Ratchetness and Righteousness segment of the podcast, we are going to give you guys the secret word. Drum roll, please. The secret word is king. All right. Y'all heard that. The secret word is king. So if you want the disco ball cup for free, we will ship it to you. (laughs) You could be living your best life, sipping and tipping all hot girl summer, you know, hopefully COVID free. Uh, (laughs) um, Make sure that you DM us either on Facebook or on Instagram, the secret word. And the first person to DM us that word wins the cup for this week all right and now let's go ahead and get into that ratchetness and righteousness it's balance ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life you got to be equally yoked with both all right y'all so this week in ratchetness and righteousness it was a slow week very 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 slow week um not too much going on it's it's the middle of the week so we got a little bit of like government news and stuff like that so i'll get into that first so kel i know we was talking about this earlier but you said that biden is considering you saw that biden is apparently considering extending high school years yeah. and i thought like he's trying to extend it by four years yeah, so he said basically from the little clip, and I don't know enough like background information because right. it, it was just a mini clip, but he was saying that 12 years is not long enough for um, our future, our the future of our society. So our kids need to have a longer education. So he said he wants to extend high school for additional years, and he would like to start as soon as next year. 
So my thing is, you trying to extend high school? I, I just went straight into my thoughts. My bad. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you trying to extend high school an additional four years, but you don't want to pay for community college or free education for college period, right? If education is such a priority, let's take care of that first before we start adding four more years to these kids. And that is a lot. That's it's, if they didn't get it in the first twelve years. <laughs> Right. It's like they be burnt out. Like we talked about this on, uh, was that the last episode? It might have been yeah. the last episode. Yeah. When we were talking about, oh, more money, more problems. Yeah. Like they, they, t- <laughs> these kids are burnt out by the time they get out of the 12th grade. And then we're expected to be thrusted straight into four more years of, um, you know, specific schooling. That's if you know what you want to do with your school, um, with your life or whatever after college, which nobody really does anymore because we're so, reaching so much debt. I just was watching The Shy last night and um which is really good this season. Huh? I need to catch up. Yes, yes. Let me know if you need that link. But yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I got you. I got you cuz it's it's good this season. I'm two episodes in. But um the the little girl that's dating um is her name Gemma? Yeah, Gemma. Uh-huh. It is Gemma, right? Oh my god. Shout out to <laughs> our, our friends name. Her name is Gemma. Shows. <laughs> like I've had an Allegra before, and I never liked the Raquels. They're always bitches. Now but... <laughs> spell it Rockwell. Yes, <laughs> like that's how they spell it. But um, yeah, Gemma was on, and I haven't heard him call her Gemma in so long. But anyway, um, that's why I was questioning it. But yeah, Gemma was on there complaining about it, like kind of laying out the whole foundation of like the issue that the youth has. Like now, it's been carried over into Gen Z where they have they are faced with the same issue. Like you're going to this accredited school because society says and the workforce says that you have to have this on your resume in order to get a job. And then when you get that job, you're barely able to pay your bills in in the first place. Um, because or pay back your student loan because you're busy paying back your student loan. That's a accrued so much interest. And you know, listen to the last episode to hear us continue to rant and rave about that. But now you're adding four years of high school. What does that mean for the parents financially? Um, does that save them money? I don't know, maybe, but um it's like something's gotta give. Cause then you want four more extra years of high school. You want four more years, then you want people to be in school for another four years. So you're literally going to have people in school for how many years would that be? 20 something years? Because 12 here, here, y'all, the cat is out the bag. I did not go to school for math. I went to school for 16 16. uh, in journalism. (laughs) 12 plus four is is, uh, 16. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm scared. Another four years after that, 18 years. Okay. I thought, I thought, truth be told, I thought 18 at the top of my brain. No, I'm going to give you 20 because now you want people to be in school for damn near 20 years. No, you can say 20 because people are starting to require master's degrees now. That's why. Right. Because that's that's another thing Gemma was saying on the show. Like now, like a bachelor's is not enough. Now you got to have your master's or your PhD. And then you're only accruing more debt when you do that. Exactly. So what is this merry-go-round? You know, so I just feel like he's just adding more swirls to the merry-go-round ride by doing this. Um, so I don't know. I'm not feeling it. And also, low-key, here comes my, you know, hotep, uh, <laughs> conspiracy theory <laughs> and coming out. But like, 
I feel like this is just a ploy because they know that we're probably still going to be dealing with this Corona shit for another couple of years. Who knows if it's going to flip back again with all the issues with the drama, the upticks and um, because everybody isn't getting vaccinated um, and the variants. Um, and if there's going to be another uptick in the virus um, infections and the hospitalizations and overwhelmness of the staff and blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to have to shut down again and it's going to keep happening every fall or winter. That sounds morbid, but like if that happens, what happens to the kids? Because I know a lot of people who complain and say the kids are getting dumber because especially the youngest. I think that you actually might have, you might be onto something with that because I have a lot of friends in the education system, not going to call their names out, but they have been really expressing to me through conversations about how they're so upset and they're so scared about what our future is going to look like because the requirements that they're pushed, like the government is putting like a lot of um, requirements down on the teachers to be like, just pass them anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're giving them like, oh, just put in two, two assignments. Now two assignments is the requirement for you to be a grade. Like that's the bar is so low. I can see why they're saying like maybe these kids might need more school from from that perspective mm-hmm. because they are getting dumber and dumber. Like the lesson yeah. that we learned it is stupid. Like I went downstairs to my uh, son's virtual learning. I was like, "What are you doing?" He was like watching High School Musical. Why on Zoom? <laughs> why? Oh my gosh! Yeah, why? <laughs> Man, yeah, we got to pray for the youth, praying for the youth. Um, also praying for those who are less fortunate. Uh, Larry Hogan, you know, this is more so DMV news, um, is one of the governors, you know, I guess amongst many others, that is looking to cut off increased employment benefits by July 1st um, or by July. Um, and then um, the job search will be mandated as well and needed to be added to the weekly um, claims, which is like the weekly forms that you submit to get your unemployment benefits. I feel like we are not out of the water yet. And so, but I can't be surprised because as quickly as they were able to lift the mask mandates, this was only around the corner, but you're trying to get more people out in the workforce. I mean, can people just like, can we get the numbers down a little further? Like the way that the world, or let me just speak for the United States, has handled this whole pandemic has been so selfish and so self-centered. And there's just so much money that could be put back into all of these communities. If some of these billionaires and stuff would step up, I know that a lot of them were involved in, you know, helping with the vaccine and blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot more money that they could be feeding to the little people to help the economy overall, you know, or feeding through the government to help the economy overall. But instead, y'all want people to go out and risk their lives and start, you know, working again. Um, Even, you know, it's hard. It's hard to get a job out here. I can attest to that for sure. Um, However, like there's there's other ways to help people. And this was really helping people now. You know, I know the PPP loans and stuff. People were scamming. 
I can't say much about that. You know, they took forever to send people their, their tax returns. I was one of them people. I put my tax returns in in April. I'm just now getting mine finally in the beginning of June. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's just all effed up out here in my opinion. But um, this, this does not help is the point that I'm trying to get to. Um, cutting off the increased unemployment benefits before the... Um, the, the let me just speak for Maryland. Um, the community, the uh, population of Americans, uh, the Marylanders <laughs> that are unemployed has not increased. So, why are we cutting off the increase of unemployment before that even increases? It's the same thing with like taking the mask away before we really start to see a significant decrease. We have not seen a significant increase in employment, so why are we? immediately it's like you're forcing people's hands mm-hmm. and there's only going to be more more crimes and scams that's going to go on because people got to eat i mean i ain't doing that let me say that for the record right. i'm not doing that but i'm blessed that i don't have to do that right so i just think it's really short-sighted and disgusting and um you know it ain't helping nobody so what are your thoughts, Kel? I agree. I think that it doesn't make sense. I feel like people are just doing things based off their own agendas. And I wish that they would just do things based off of the data. Like the, the data will speak for itself. If these numbers are going up, people are sick, people don't have jobs. Like it just doesn't make sense. We got to do what makes sense. Do what makes sense. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which one? Do I want to go to this bonnet shit? People mad. Niggas is mad out here about um women wearing bonnets. Kel, you got on a bonnet right now. I sure do. I know you feel free. I need to put mine on as a matter of fact while we recording. Leave me alone. Leave us alone. Mind your business. Why does it what is it doing to hurt you? Y'all looking like Karen's out here. Y'all calling us out for wearing bonnets to protect, use a protective shield over our hair and our curls and our coils. Remember our t-shirts to protect our girl world and curls. Yes. Okay. We just trying to protect our curls. You talk about how you want us to be natural. I saw, um, what's her name? Cynthia Bailey's ex-husband, Peter, or whatever talking, posting one of those arbitrary posts where they're like, Fake hair, fake nails, fake stomach, fake booty, blah, 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 but you want a real man. Okay, okay, but when we wear our real hair and we need to protect it and That's style it in a certain way. Peter. That's every single girl that you've dated, Peter. That's the woman that you married, Peter. <laughs> Before we discuss those things out loud, let's think about what we look about, like who we are attracted to. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but they want to say all that stuff in addition to what you said because that's a whole other topic but in addition to that you want to say that but as soon as we wear our natural hair you clowning it or you saying oh that's ghetto or unprofessional okay so now I'm trying to protect my hair whether it's in a protective style or not you know because that's a, that's a whole function of you know here comes my the little antenna coming up again you know, that's the whole thing with white supremacy and the white man's um, uh, gaze or whatever. Like, you worried about me wearing a fucking bonnet on my head? Girl, I was just watching Cruella. 
old girl, the 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 lead, the little um baroness that was her name she was the baroness the baroness of the fashion house or whatever she up there wearing a turban on her head for half the movie okay but it's not ghetto or offensive or or uh uh what's the other thing terrorist (laughs) when a white woman does it okay it's fashion forward all right you know so they so if we want to wear bonnets, let us wear bonnets. And I just love what Demetria Lucas had to say after we heard that good old Monique, the comedian, had something to say. Let me read it to y'all. Okay. I'm only weighing in now because the irony of a black woman who is proud of wearing dresses with unshaven legs, chastising black women for not taking pride in their presentation and doing so while wearing a bathrobe and no bra just has to be acknowledged for the wild fuckery that it is. Also, I really need folks to take a deep dive into why black women being comfortable and unbothered is so offensive. I also need folks to know that not giving a fuck, i.e. freedom, is the ultimate luxury. This idea that women have to present respectably or be beautiful at all times in order to be respected, treated well, is a function of white supremacy and sexism. If you want to present quote unquote, well, you should do that for you. You don't owe it to anyone. And if you don't feel like it, well, you don't. And let me say what she's quoted from uh, Toni Morrison. Uh, The function, the very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again your reason for being. Somebody says you have no language and you spend 20 years proving that you do. Somebody says your head isn't shaped properly. So scientists, so you have scientists working on the fact that it is. Somebody says you have no art. So you dredge that up. Somebody says you have no kingdoms. So you dredge that up. None of this is necessary. There will always be one more thing. So if y'all want to make bonnets, one more thing. Go ahead, because as soon as I saw that guy post about it with the girls in the in the um line getting their stuff, I saw me and y'all going to Jamaica later this year. If we want to have our braids or whatever, our curls in a bonnet because we want to be comfortable on the plane, so be it. Mind the business that pays you. Next topic. Indeed. All right. Um and the last thing I guess that we have here, uh, <laughs> other than Miami Memorial Day weekend shenanigans, like, girl, I don't know if you saw the video of Pooh Shiesty walking out the club with a gun in his hand. Like, clearly, let me say allegedly, because, you know, we got to cover our heads, you know, anyway, <laughs> cover our heads that the bonnets hold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just know what I saw in the video and it, it, I don't know. It looked a lot like the shape of one, but allegedly. (laughs) And somebody, unfortunately, was killed. A few people were killed. Like they had some guys. I saw it on the news, actually. It was actually playing on the regular um, evening news on Memorial Day. Some guys jumped out of a van at some club or whatever and they shot up the club it was literally like 10 seconds worth of them shooting with all these big guns I, I ain't even gonna front and act like I know what type of guns they were but they were big and 
the guys, what I didn't like, the reason why I brought this up is because the police officer was a black man that was speaking about, about it, uh, Miami-Dade uh, officer or deputy, whatever. And he said, we have to acknowledge what's going on in, my, in Miami-Dade County. Uh, this is domestic terrorism. I almost flew my fork at the TV. Because I'm like, see, let's not do that. Talk to the hand. Let's let's not do that, all right? Because <laughs> that is not the same thing. This is niggas on nigga crime, okay? And if y'all haven't known this by now on this podcast, we are very blackity black here, okay? But <laughs> this is nigga on nigga crime here. This is not domestic terrorism, but I'm, you know, I'm y'all was wilding on Memorial Day. That person was black. That the police commissioner was black. Yes, the police officer that said that was black. Like you using buzzwords for what? Does somebody for write that? I wonder how that works. Do, do do they have a a person that writes their speeches? Because I would, you know, I just I cannot. It's possible. I it's cannot possible. How um, somebody that was. Dead. Yeah. Right. Somebody that um is apparently down with the baby is allegedly arrested for attempted murder following the Miami Beach shooting. Um, his, the his name is Wisdom. Um, child, like there was wallet in Memorial Day. And oh, what I want to say to that really quick before I move on to the last topic is why? Why? Why you got to be the one to bust up in the club with the tech? Like why Why we we just now getting out of quarantine. People just want to have fun, get buck wild, brook out wild, you know, sex up whoever you want sex. You know, whatever you want to twerk, in harmony and, and in peace and, and, you know, whatever, whatever. You just want to have a good time, sip and tip with your friends. Why are we bringing guns? We're, what, what Y'all got beef in COVID? It's still up and it's stuck during COVID? Like, we, we should be all happy to be outside, like, just dabbing each other up. They're still, you know, I know they're still crying, but, like, we scamming. Y'all supposed to be scamming the government, not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not serious when I say that. But like, it's like, why, why are y'all, why are we beefing with each other as a community? Like, I have to, you know, if I'm gonna talk about white supremacy, I have to talk about that. Like, why, why was there so many shootings in Miami this weekend? Why? There, that was uncalled for. Everybody should have just been able to have a good time and not all that shit. So kill that noise, y'all. Like, we really got to do better. We all want to be out here and have a good time. People should all be able to come home safely. Um, you know, and, and COVID be the only real danger, not a bullet. Um, uh, and Swiss beats, I don't know if y'all saw the verses. Um, y'all know, we t- always tweet during our verses, follow us at CCC vibes on Twitter. Um, that was actually a good verses. I really enjoyed it. It just really reminded you how many hits that Swiss beats and, um, Timbaland are behind. And I love those type of things because I'm a nerd for, I'm a hip hop nerd when it comes to those things, because it's just like, man, I usually always hear at least one other song that I'm like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't know that Swiss Beats did Banned from TV by um, Noriega and a whole bunch of other niggas, uh, Cameron, Fat Joe, not Fat Joe, uh, Big Pun, Nature, Mad Niggas, uh, Locks. <laughs> but I did, that's a, like a hood classic. And I did not know that that beat 
was created by uh, Swiss Beats. So I was like, yo, when that <laughs> came on. But Swiss Beats also had some smoke uh, for Justin Timberlake because, uh, of course, you know, Timberland was going to bring out some of those songs out of his arsenal or whatever and bring those out. And it seemed like every time he played one of those songs, like, Swizzy was getting more and more aggy about it. And he would be like, yo, I don't want to hear no Justin. You know, I don't want to hear no JT if he's not going to come and do the verses. Like, if- what, what, I was about to say, what's the issue? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, because he ain't did the verses, I guess. And for me, he kind of exposed that it seems he insinuated at least that it's beef there or it's a problem there because it seems as though they may have asked Justin Timberlake to do it and Justin Timberlake may have declined. And, um, you know, Timberland didn't really correct him on it. You know, he just kind of let him do it every time he played a song by him and he got pissy and said something smart like that or slick. He just like let it go. So I was like, mmm, T. So Justin Timberlake don't want to do a versus? Well, all right. <laughs> do do I don't know if you can even answer this or not, but do we know if these artists are getting paid to do verses? I think they are getting paid now. I don't think back when they were doing all of the um you know, where they were in the studio and they were just playing the music back and forth, you know, especially like back when Sean Garrett, the pen or whatever. And who was that in the dream? Was it him and him? No, nah, that's too big of a gap. I don't know. Maybe it was them too. But back like when they did it or when Jonte Smith, Jonte Austin or whatever, and um, Neo did it and stuff. And especially like when Timbaland and Swiss, first did it like it wasn't like a paid of um paid gig i believe it it really started to blow up of course i would say when beanie man and bounty killer did it because they were the first ones to do it together um they had the benefit of living in jamaica and having less restrictions so they could do it together but like that just set the precedence and a lot of people don't like to bring that up but that set the precedence going forward that, yo, it needs to be lit like this <laughs> when we do these verses. Um, so um, uh, it's definitely paid now, though. Yes. And last week we brought up that Bow Wow and Soldier Boy was supposed to be doing a versus. Ciao. Ciao. Clearly, that was just another one of, um, you know, Soldier Boy's lies because I think he might have been. I don't know if he was the only one that paid it or played, uh, was posting it. But all we know is that Bow Wow said, I ain't hearing nothing about no verses until I see some contracts. And there you have it. Ain't heard shit since, other than, you know, Soldier Boy screaming about him being the first rap nigga with an arcade in his, in his house. And that's it for my R and R today. It's a hell of a drug. Yes, yes, it is. And him and and Chris need to get off that sugar booger if they on it because mm, go yeah. ahead and get off. Go ahead. Speaking of such, Rihanna is looking good. Girl, I wonder if she possibly could have did some sugar booger. I don't know, but she's looking really good. She's looking really slim and trim. Yeah, and I only say that because. What's his name? Azab Rahi. I found out a little more about that interview that he did where he was talking about her uh-huh. and how much he's into her and, you know, loves her or whatever, love of his life. And he was saying they did like a little um, 
uh, U.S. tour or whatever, where they drove like kind of like Route 66 type vibes. And they played a lot of music and he did acid and, you know, all this different stuff, like all these drugs and stuff while um, they were on the trip. And I'm just like, "Mm, you know, you usually, you know, you know, you may not do everything your man does, but. I feel like she would try those things because she's wild, fun and free and like. Yeah, and things are becoming way more accepted now. Like shrooms and stuff is really becoming like the next weed, I feel like. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are really starting to be accepting of shrooms, probably because it's another natural thing of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Me, it's a no for me, dog. I don't need to be hallucinating like that. Like I have enough of a wild of imagination that I'm scared to see where my imagination will go on the shroom (laughs) yeah like um on the read they were talking about that briefly saying how like um the crystal was saying how she did it with a like kind of like a in a sister girl type of atmosphere where everybody everything is love everything is peace we love each other blah blah blah. and it was just like a really great experience for her and she was just laughing for like 30 minutes straight (laughs) but um you know Kid Fury is me and I am Kid Fury because Kid Fury was like, listen, I don't want to take shrooms and then somehow end up in the carpet with with the fucking dust mites (laughs) fighting the battles. (laughs) I, I don't need it. I don't need my mind to go there. I just, and I have, um, trypophobia, you know, I'm even scared that I said that online because God, please. But, <laughs> you know, I think about our phobia scale and I'm just like, that's where I feel like my mind would go to if I ever was on shrooms. Mm-hmm. I feel like my mind would immediately, it, even if it was just a portion of, of the trip. No, thank you. Because I, if I can't escape that. Yeah, because like, have you ever heard anyone talk about like the coming down from it like what is the what is that like coming down I don't know I don't know if you like sleep it off like because it's an edible I feel like it's probably something that you know lingers with you kind of like a weed edible Mm -hmm. um but I feel like it can linger with you longer than a weed edible because it could like be days I don't know if it depends on the strength I really don't know enough about it but I don't want it I can die and leave this earth without doing the acids the the blah blah blahs, you yep. know. I I am good. Me too. I'm good. <laughs> now we're gonna go ahead and get into our talk topic of the week. As we mentioned earlier, uh we just want to touch on the history of cognac. You know, we started this podcast as kind of like a remedy to everybody who felt like they really loved our events that we used to do where we in, involved cognac, cupcakes, and um, thought-provoking conversations um, with people that were most likely millennials, but like, you know, like-minded individuals and some individuals that weren't like-minded and just having good conversation when you was tired of just going to the club and stuff. And so that's kind of how this podcast came to be when we was like, let's give it to them on a weekly basis. (laughs) So 
um, we just want to kind of revisit some of those roots of how CCC came to be. And one of those things is the love for cognac. So like, Kel, before we get into like the history of cognac, like, let me ask you, like, when did you develop a love for cognac? I remember like walking outside with you outside of your job one day when we both was like on a lunch break and you telling me about this idea about cognac cupcakes and conversation. And it was like, I know you used to be, or you still are, you know, you say Jack is your boyfriend, mm-hmm. but cognac was so interesting to me. So like, when did you develop this love for cognac? So, yeah. So I think I've always been a lover of the Browns. For me, my first ever alcoholic beverage was cognac. <laughs> it oh, was, what flavor? It was Hennessy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hennessy was my first ever drink ever being, I would think I was 12 at um, Thanksgiving dinner on my father's side of the family <laughs> and uncle Charles, he loved his cognac. Like that was, he was the cognac man, whatever the case may be. Whenever we had dinners or functions on family things, he bought cases and cases of cognac. That was his thing. Wow. So all the kids were curious. We're 12. Why wouldn't we be curious? Yeah. You know? We just know what kids do. So um, I think we were playing like truth or dare or something. It was like, I dare you to drink that cognac. And we got caught. <laughs> by one of our um, older, I keep calling, to this day, I, I was like, I, I forgot that you're my cousin. She's so older than me that we just consider her like, yeah. status. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. me all the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for this purpose, I'm going to say auntie. Yeah. So I got called by one of the yeah. aunties and they were like, as our punishment, they made us drink like that whole bottle, like all of us drink the whole oh my God. That bottle of cognac. I remember my mom being like pissed. And my yeah. she was like, hell no. <laughs> but at the same time, like we were on my father's side of family. So it was like that weird thing that my dad is with his family. So he's like, no, this is what needs to be done. So they know not to do oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So and oh, we threw up. We were sick because it was like Hennessy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> And now that I'm an adult, you know, my palate has definitely expanded Mm -hmm. and um, I can appreciate some of the notes and some of just like the luxury and just the vibes that cognac brings. And, you know, cognac has just always been like the unofficial spirit of Black people. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I will say like I used to hear about. Hennessy, you know, we heard about Hennessy forever. And there was a lot of negative connotations with it, which I that's why I can't wait for you to get into the um the history behind like cognacs in general. But like cognac, I always thought of like old men with a cigar, you know, you made me spill my yak. You know, like I always, I always thought of that. And then it, I would have to say it wasn't until I was older. Um, like you, like you said, like when your palate expands and it's like you're tired of drinking, you know, just the Captain Morgans and stuff. Because like you, I think that's why I gravitated towards it, too, because like you, I have always been into the darks. My family being a Caribbean family, we always had rum, whether you had the white or the dark. But I noticed that I like the dark and I like mm-hmm. the spiced rums and, and stuff like that. That was more my jam in college when I wasn't supposed to be drinking. And even when I was like, that was my go-to, I would get a SoCo and lime or, or something. Um, well, that's a Southern comfort. So that's a different story. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. You know, 
I just loved the darks in in college. Um, that was my safe space. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people would be like, dark liquor make me fight. Dark liquor didn't make me fight. Like white liquors, like I got oh, over what? that real quick. That started to make me sick. The vodkas of it all. Exactly. <laughs> vodkas give me headaches. It made yeah. me sick as well. And tequila, like- and tequila is very, you know, is a tricky little one. <laughs> yes. It's it's, uh, it, it could give you a really good night or a really bad night. Yep. So, <laughs> so I, uh, but I always felt like I knew what I was doing and I knew I was going to have a good time with my darks. And so once I started getting into like, Hennessy, like, you know, I never was a true Hennessy fan because I felt like it put hair on your chest. <laughs> However, Duce, you know, was a favorite of mine for years. And, um, you know, next to Jack Daniels and stuff like that, like, you know, being an older in my l- later 20s and stuff like that was my jam. Jack Daniels and Duce. And then now, you know, they have the Martells of the world. And I love Martell. Like, that is just like my favorite drink of all. I love to, now I've gotten to a place of where I've learned how to make mixed drinks to where like friends of mine that don't even like Hennessy, they enjoy some of the mixed drinks that I come up with, with uh, Martell. Right. Um, So, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I kind of went off on a tangent or whatever, but like that's kind of our origin story as far as us loving mm-hmm. um cognac to this day. And I also gotta say, being the baker of the of our dynamic duo, I feel like cognac goes so well with so many foods mm-hmm. and in so many foods, especially in cupcakes. Yep. Um, and so we have a signature cupcake with uh chocolate and a salted caramel buttercream frosting where we infuse it with cognac and it's just amazeballs and the only other one that would say that tops that is that butter pecan <laughs> um cupcake that our girl uh tiffany Lord, of my cake theory hmm? tiffany of my cake theory yes my cake theory shout out to tiffany her um butter pecan cupcakes with the um cognac infusion in them whoo yeah. And we're going to get into more of this later in this month, but we're going to talk about some of them off brands of cognac. Yeah. Because a lot of y'all be like, oh, I got to have Tennessee. Oh, I got to have Duce. You don't. Because cognacs are a very special liquor, a very special spirit. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to be top notch. But anyway, Kel, let me let you go ahead and get into the background. Yeah. So I did kind of want to just touch on, you know, how Black culture got infused with cognac and I, you mentioned earlier on the show like it had a negative connotation it really did um but before we even get into the negative connotation we'll start off like with what time period the era said it started so it typically happened like way back in the first world war and carried on into the world world ii and beyond so um what happened was a lot, the arrival of black artists and musicians like Josephine Baker, this is back in the, like the jazz Harlem Renaissance type of days, um, would um, come to Paris clubs and the jazz and blues clubs during the interwar years. And according yeah. to Dr. Emery Talbert, who is a history professor at Howard University, um, she was able to tell us about like the time period and the how, like, you know, what the vibe was like back then. Right. But, um France appreciated the distinctive art forms before the U.S. did. Like, we just we just now getting hip 
to as usual to the <laughs> ex was, you know. So, but then you know, as with uh, as with other places, you know, when people get hit, the other places kind of tend to go, you know, further away from it. But um, the French tradition dating back to Alexis de Tocqueville of I cannot pronounce this word Tocqueville. I'm going to say Tocqueville of understanding <laughs> aspects of American culture better than American did. So the African Americans. The elegance of cognac of a country that celebrated their culture instead of marginalizing it must have tasted sweet. So that's like um, basically what they were saying was it it felt good to be accepted. It felt like we were we finally found our place. We finally found our home or whatever. And um, what happened is I think it was Ray Charles. Ray Charles actually performed in one of the um, the clubs. And after he performed in the jazz club they gifted him with a bottle of Cavassier. And it was like one of the signature mm-hmm. of something, the Chateau, one of these Chateau places or whatever. Um, and then that became like a trending thing for Black artists. And as it came over, mm-hmm. when they came back over to the States, they would take that and they would start to market it. And how they would start to marketing is like back in the 50s, the cognac was the first spirit advertised in Ebony and Jet Magazine. And it was Hennessy to be exact. So by the 90s time, the drinks popularity began to, you know, popularize and everybody was associated with an older crowd. So that's when you start hearing like the songs in the hip hop industries, like with the past, the Cavassier songs. Um, there was another song that they did too. I think Tupac had a song with that mentioned Hennessy as well. Like it just became more, they were like black people like cognac. So let's, marketed to those people right. and that became like a part of our culture once the artists and the musicians would start to drink it and come back over and have that love for it so um i know jay-z had came out with he used to really popularize cristal back in right. like 2000 yeah ish yeah around the 2000 ish era mm-hmm. and um he there was a big blowout with the um Cristal because Cristal really didn't respect black people, so you know he, a gag, right? You know what we always end up finding out. You know we build your your brand up, and then you don't really f with us. You know time and time again, history repeats itself. Exactly. So um he kind of like turned up. They turned up. You know their nose at the black people and the black artists with Cristal. So I think that's when he started to dig in and learning more about the cognac culture. And then he was able to come up and partner with the different organizations. I can't remember the specific organization for Doucet because keep in mind people be like, "Oh, Jay Z owns blah blah blah." No, these people are just like the face of it. They don't necessarily right like Ciroc, like Ciroc with Diddy and. And then, you know, even Ace of Spades, like, you know, because I know f- before even do say it was Ace of Spades and before that, I think it was like Armadale. And I think Armadale, if I'm saying it right, was like, I would say that one might have been closer to being theirs. I don't know. I would have to do more research. But a- exactly what you just said. They're the face of it. They're not, you know, they're like a big uh, what is it? Brand ambassador, almost yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They're the brand ambassador, but they know that these. This is how we we feel connected. Oh, maybe they might have a little stake in the company. Let me know. I mean, now they do. I'm sure now they. <laughs> you know, I'm sure now. Um, both Jay Z and Diddy have some sort of stock or ownage somehow to to the companies. But 
not to the extent of like this was their project that they built up from their creativity. So they they the point is these companies know what they be doing. They reach out to these popular black artists and try to reach out into our demographic by using them as a way for grabbing us. So um, that's pretty much how they became the unofficial black spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of our plans with Cognac. I'm so, so excited for Cognac Month. And what I will be doing is I'll be visiting a couple of speakeasies. Yeah, taking it back to like the, the pre, I was going to say the prehistoric, Lord. Prohibition days. <laughs> um, those early days that you just mentioned, like, yes. uh, you know, the um, Josephine Baker time period. So I'm excited for that. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and join you for one of those. Oh, yes, yes. Please do. Please do. Yes. So I found there were so many nice um, spots in D.C. that actually have a lot of little speakeasies. So I'm really excited to try some of these cognac cocktails and um, getting those vibes of those eras to, like like you said, take it back. So some of the places that I plan to visit are um, Left Door. And um, Left Door is on S Street in Northwest, if anybody wants to see. Make sure you all stay tuned to our um, Instagram we will be posting, you know, our experiences there to tell you how we like everything. The Gibson. I actually feel like I've been to the Gibson with you before, but maybe not. The name sounds familiar, but I think I want to revisit it. Hmm. And that but that one is on you in 14th Street. Hmm. Um, Chicken and Whiskey. I've been really, really pressed to go there. I passed it a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a um, speakeasy? Yes, it's a speakeasy. Oh, so they've got a little secret hiding. In- oh, snap. Okay. I might go to that one with you. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> and it's not even just so much for them because they also got the food too. So I'm really like excited. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then there's 600 and T. Um, that one is um, on, it's in the Shaw area. And then there's Nocturne, which is also in the Shaw area. So we got a couple of places that we're going to check out. I can um, definitely, maybe I'll post a list of other places that you guys are interested in. Um, and maybe we can make more of that. I think we, that might be more. I've seen someone else do that before where um, they go to different places and restaurants around the area and get, you know, people excited about that. Tell us if you, you want us to check out some places and make it a yeah. thing. We can definitely make that a thing. We love touring foods. We love yes. drinks. That is, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have some conversations, but obviously that includes other foods too. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, let me know about that chicken and whiskey for real. I got we you, don't talk yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so you ready to get into this philanthropy highlights? Yes, ma'am. Get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Cause you and I got to do for you and I. All right, y'all. So for this week's philanthropy highlight, we are going to be talking about Revente. Revente is paying homage to Black excellence while carving out its own identity within the spirit world with the sleek design and sophisticated of its all Black bottle. And printed on each bottle is a hashtag Black dollar, signifying the brand's commitment to the African-American community with a portion of the proceeds donated to the Black Dollar Foundation, a nonprofit founded by owner and CEO Algin Albritton. Revente is fostering an ownership mindset with the Black community with initiatives such as coding camps for children and entrepreneurial scholarships for adults. 
So shout out to Wente. Yeah. And I'm actually really excited because I want to try out this cognac as well. Yes, I, I do too. So I was already, when you told me that that was going to be the highlight of the week, I was like, uh, yeah. So how do we get our hands on that? Do you know, like if it's like something that you order? I believe it's in certain stores. So I'm going to try to see if it's in any oh, of the stores in our area. But I'm sure that we can order it online as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. And now we're gonna head over to the last call. I like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Last call. All right. Today's last call is simply put like this: There will always be someone who can't see your worth. Don't let it be you. Um, that is pretty self-explanatory. But a lot of times, we, you know, me and Kel, we go through this ourselves where sometimes you may go through a time in your life, whether it's in the workplace or just amongst friends or family, where you may feel like you're not being heard or you may feel like, you know, your message isn't really getting out there to all the people that you wanted to get out to. And you just may feel like, you know what, this is a lost cause. Let me just like let it go. But you never one one thing's for sure two things for certain. You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching you. And so don't let it be that you forget your worth, even when it seems like the people that you want to see your worth don't see it. Because guess what? Someone out there always sees it. Right. Um, right. So I'm going to keep it short and simple and sweet and just leave y'all with that last call to think about, to sip on to savor that uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and again make sure you follow us at cognac cupcakes and conversations on instagram and facebook and youtube we got so much content on all of these different platforms for y'all to ingest and follow us at ccc vibes on instagram Kel, give them the so, CCC Vibes on Twitter, Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations on Instagram and Facebook. And make sure you check out our website for our merch at www.cognaccupcakesandconversations.com. Make sure y'all like, rate, and sub- subscribe. Sub what? What am I saying? <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how you feel, if you're feeling this. Or if you're not, that's fine too. <laughs> no, it ain't fine. It's like, no. <laughs> Speak your mind, sis. Right. Yes, release that throat chakra. Exactly. And until next week, make sure y'all like keep up to us, up to date with us because we got so much in store for y'all this month that we're uh sending your way. And <laughs> just leave it at that. And next time, and thank y'all for all the likes on our new pictures. Shout! Oh yes, yeah, so let's shout out the Glass Dojo. Uh, thank you both for you know executing a dope photo shoot with us. You know, you really help guide us because you know we could both be awkward, right? Uh, even though Kel's way sexier to me. Um, <laughs> Goodbye. Until next week, y'all. We Peace out. out. It's a vibe. <laughs>